Hey, welcome to Fans of the Forge. I'm Chris. To my left, we have... You got Sean. Sean, and we are wrapping up Season 7, Episode 10 of Forged in Fire, The Revolutionary War Spontoon. Ooh. Interesting name. Yeah. Interesting weapon, you'll come to find out. Okay. But first off, we'll start with our contestants. We had Tyler Hall, who you could find on Instagram at THC Knives. All right. He had three years of part-time experience. Then next up, we had Rocky Lemon. Ooh. An older guy named Rocky Lemon, full-time smith for 27 years. Nice. Then we had Zane Birch, and you can find him at ZJB underscore Knives on Instagram. And he had two years of part-time experience. And last but not least, we had Chris Hedberg, who you could find at CEH Forge and Metalworks on Instagram. Okay. He had 12 years part-time experience. And we go into round one. All right. Will Willis says, hey, it's that time of year. It's time for spring cleaning. It's winter. It's winter right now. But when they recorded it, it was spring. And... We found some springs for you to use oh. to make some signature blades. Will Willis killing it with the human. Ah, great. So these smiths had to take three different sizes or three different types of springs that were on this table. Okay. So they had to use three types of 5160 spring steel and make a blade that was 14 to 16 inches long with overall length of 22 inches. And it had the requirement that it had to be acid etched. Okay. So, for Tyler, he does a canister Damascus, and he's going to forge weld one of the other springs to the outside as an, a good edge metal. So he straightens out like a big chunk of a big spring, wel- welds it to the canister. Okay. So that he could then have that steel on the outside and know for sure he's going to have a hard edge. Jay Nielsen's like, he's making twice as much work for himself here. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't he just cut a piece of that spring off and throw it in the canister so that he meets the requirements and then just grind through the canister? Whatever. Tyler ends up working on a Tonto-style blade, and uh, he he still has this piece, this huge chunk on the outside of his canister once he's done kind of welding that up. And he has to keep welding it back on using the the welding the actual whatever they have tig or mig welding um and as he's working it he's heating it up he puts it back in like the press and the thing just keeps popping right off like it's just not staying on somehow he manages to stay on well enough to get it to forge weld and then he quenches it after he shapes everything it actually doesn't look bad it's okay it doesn't look too bad from what we can see so tyler does canister um Zane, I'll skip to Zane, he also did canister, and he did something strange. He threw his can into the forge empty and got it really, really hot. Mm-hmm. And his thought was that he could get a layer of forge scale on the inside, like burning off the oxidation of the the steel and get this layer on the inside that could work the same as a whiteout. Right. In doing all that, when he finally does finish with the can, he just decides to leave the can on anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. So he went through this whole thing, put this potential layer that could cause many problems uh, into it, and then he's just like, I'm, I'm going to leave it on. 
So okay, okay. So he uh, leaves it on and starts on working in a kukri shape, and he manages to shape it okay. Doesn't seem to find any problems. He has a good quench, and it comes out with a hard edge. Chris also did a canister Damascus. He did something that somebody we saw in a previous episode did where he only put it on the press once. Yeah. He ran it through one time and then he went right to big blue. And right away they're like, this could have some major cracks in it the way he did that. So he starts working on a hunter style knife and he can see spots where the can is separating from the billet that and he had left it on there. You know, so he could grind through it, but it's definitely separating now and in his billet and it's going to cause some problems, he thinks. But because it's in the handle area, he thinks he might be able to get away with it. So he gets a good knife shape going and then quenches and has no problems otherwise. Okay. So they all did canister up to this point. But Rocky, on the other hand, he decides he's taking springs, mind you. Yeah. He's going to take his three springs and stretch them out. And he's going to wrap the two smallest strings springs around each other once they're warm, forge weld those together, then wrap that around a straightened out piece of spring and forge weld all of that together. Okay. And then make your knife from that billet. So he's going, wow. he's, he's like. Sounds a little complicated. It's complicated because you're forge welding these really, really thin springs that yeah. basically stretch into wire. And you're trying to forge them together. It's not easy to do. And so he decides he's going to make a double-edged dagger. And he ends up having a gap between um, his steel and hasn't cleaned the forge scale off. Oh, as he's as he's working on it, he finds a gap between parts of the steel he was working. Because he didn't really do a good job cleaning it. But eventually seems to get it to set. And then he takes this... It now looks like barbed wire, like, because he's wrapped multiple springs around each other. Yeah. And he's trying to then wrap that around the billet that he's made. It looks terrible. It looks so bad. (laughs) And then he heats it up, and he just starts hammering it in and trying to get it to stick. And, again, the end starts to separate and open, but he somehow manages to get the thing to set welds, and he manages to shape a knife out of this whole thing. So he pulls it off. Jeez. It was pretty crazy. (laughs) Now, that being said, he's like, I know it doesn't look good, but I, I finished, and he, you know, he was within parameters. So for the judging, Will Willis is the one talking. Like, he's, like they do, he gives out all the results of the judging mm. for each person, but it's just Will Willis saying it, not yeah, the judges. they rotate through each judge and right. say something. It's just Will Willis standing there saying it. It's really strange. Interesting. So whatever, either way. So they have... Zane, he had a beautiful blade, and he moves on to round two. For Chris, it ain't perfect, but you're also moving on to round two. For Rocky, you have some serious issues. The tang has gaps in it, but hopefully can be fixed. Okay. And then Tyler gets, like, said, pulled aside and said, listen, yours is the least finished blade, and there's a big seam running down the length of that blade Uh. exactly where you welded on that additional piece to try to get the edge. And he ends up getting the boob because of that. Okay. So, sorry to see you go, Tyler. But yeah. we move on to round two after this commercial break. Mm-hmm. 
This video is sponsored by Forged, a Jason Knight Maker series. What's that all about? Oh, that is the new series by Jason Knight that is available through his website where Jason gives you tips and tricks and lessons on how to make the elemental knife, in his words, the, the forged style knives that he likes nice. to make. Forged to sharp, as he would say. Um, it's a great video series that he's put together. Currently, you can purchase it on his website, and there's six videos to watch in the first six parts of the series. There's going to be exclusive content available on the site as well coming soon. And if you want to purchase it, you can go to nightforgestudio.com to see where this is and, and purchase it. Is there a promo code? As a matter of fact, there is. Hey. If you go on this Nightforge Studio and use coupon code FOF15, FOF15, you can get $15 discounted from the price of this video series. Nice. So go on there. If you really want to check out these videos, listen, we have the views on the other video that we did with Jason Knight to kind of prove that we know you like them. People like watching Jason Knight work. This video series is all about Jason Knight doing his work yep. and making some badass knives. Learn from a master smith. Exactly. It's, it's really, if you think about it, you're learning these lessons from a master smith. It's, it's a bargain. Yeah. So check out the video series and uh, don't forget to use the promo code FOF15 to save $15 on your purchase of the Forge Jason Knight Maker Series videos. Be a maker. Go check it out. And we're back. So moving on to round two, uh, they have to finish their blades, attach handles, guards, and pommels or butt caps, and they only get two hours. So for Zane, he starts working on the guard using scrap tubing to hammer it on, uh, but his guard is Wait, is that right? Small. Yeah, that's right. Yep, yep. Um, so he kind of works on finishing the blade first, stands to the side of the grinder, centered in front of it, um, shapes his handle on a saw after he's attached it, and then manages to grind through the handle material to the tang. Yeah, terrible. Right in the finger yeah, area. Yeah, no, no good. That happened no good. Uh, recently. On a previous episode, yeah. yeah. Uh, for Chris, he grinds a very fine tip on his and then moves to his handle. He uses his hammer to try and peen the tang, but uses the oxytorch to heat it up and try not to destroy the handle and melt the epoxy. Yeah, the judges were like, Going off over like, well, he's trying to use this torch to heat it up. It's gonna, it's gonna melt yeah, it. It's, it's not gonna hold anymore. Yeah, it's no good. Um, he has a bitch of a time trying to peen his tang. Finishes it up and then gets the edge on. And finally, for Rocky, he has to weld the gap on his tang. He attaches his handle and tries to cold peen his tang to connect the handle. Uh, also uses the torch to try and peen his tang. Gets it peened over and hopes epoxy didn't melt. Mm-hmm. Of course theme going on here. He feels movement in the butt cap when he's shaping the handle and takes a chisel to the peen uh, to hopefully tighten it up and trying to spread out the material a little bit more. Yeah, it was a good met method to make it you yeah. know, cinch down a little bit more at least. So, so moving on to testing. Uh, they go to the oil drum baton stab and smash. For Chris, he survives the test. Everything is tight. He lost a tiny bit of his tip. Uh, and on his edge, the only thing that's missing is the edge. Which I didn't understand because Jay Nielsen said that. And that in the past, they've given people a hard time about not having 
and etch. I mean, did he not etch or did he like grind the etch away or something? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I couldn't understand what was yeah. going on there. Anyway. So for Zane, uh, he survives the test. There was difficulty batoning it based on his handle shape, but the tip and edge held up fine. Um, oh, and then they showed promos in the commercials for Fortune Fire for the next week. And it showed this episode that actually has Mike Poor that was part of the Straight uh, Razor Challenge on it. Nice. But it kept saying, two premiere episodes next week. Two premiere episodes next week of Fortune Fire. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> two new episodes? They showed that same commercial multiple times in this episode, too. Okay. But it's two premiere episodes. Premiere is used for either season premiere. Right. So why? Well, would... How could you even have two premiere episodes? Exactly. That's the point. Uh, what are they talking about? I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, I, after seeing this ad the second time, I was like, I can't let this stand because two premiere episodes right. doesn't make any sense. No. Moving on to Rocky. Survives the test. The tip and edge held up fine. The handle's a little on the square side, and the pommel separated a bit. Moving on to the sharpness test. It's a leather vest stab and slice. For Chris, it's not very sharp. The weight of the blade cuts, but it doesn't lacerate nicely. It will cut. Zane, on the last thrust, Doug's hand slipped forward because of the shape of the guard, but it will cut. Yeah, it was, for a second there, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. because it goes in to the, the leather vest, and just Doug's hand just goes right up towards the blade. <laughs> I was like, Woo! Yeah. And Doug's just like, oh! Yeah. Uh, for Rocky, the pommel is loose. The edges aren't as sharp as Doug wants, but it will cut. Um, so finally, none of the blades were perfect, but Rocky's pommel came loose, so he got the boot. Yep. It was a shame. Yep. For round three, the remaining Smiths had to make the Revolutionary War Sergeant's pontoon. All right. That thing basically is like a giant spear, like with a crazy spearhead on it. It's pretty yeah. cool looking. So... The spontoon was the weapon that replaced the halberd, and it was used by British and Hessian soldiers. It had a leaf-shaped spearhead that was great for thrusting. There's also a crossbar immediately below the spearhead so that it wouldn't get stuck when you're stabbing it into people. Mm. So you could just, it hits that guard as a stop, kind yeah. of, so you could pull it back out. And after a while, it was ended up being used more as a signaling tool to direct your troops like you because it's easy to see so you could just like wave mm. it that way and get people to go that oh, way yeah and then eventually um it just became a rank identifier like the higher rank you were you would right. carry one of these weapons nice. so for the parameters they had uh length parameters they couldn't have it any longer than 72 inches the cutting edge of the spearhead itself had to be eight to nine inches long and the socket had to be five inches long that connected mm -hmm. it to the, the shaft. Gotcha. So cutting edges, eight to nine inches, is relatively small compared to most final weapons because yeah. most of it's handle. It's a spear. Um, for Chris, he builds a Damascus billet on day one. On day two, he uses that Damascus to forge out a cross guard okay. and gets that in the spear shaped properly. On day three, he works on forge welding his guard on, and then his welder is breaking down. So uh -oh. he was tacking on using his, uh, probably a MIG welder, you said? Yeah. The kind of, it feeds the yeah. metal through it? Yeah. Okay, so he, it broke down. He's like, not now. I'm spending all this time. And he's like, oh, I didn't have the tension 
tight enough. And then he just like touches, turns a knob, and then it just feeds, and he's yeah. good to go. So he gets it forged on. Forge welds the actual guard right to the, the blade itself, mm-hmm. which is pretty good. And then on day four, he gets the, the haft cut out and puts a nice like octagonal shape on the nice. handle so that it's got yep. a good grip. And I made one note when they show it back in the forge. The Damascus pattern that he did for this is really cool looking yeah. because the way he did it was he just kept stacking it up and up and so that it was just creating more and more layers and then when he ground more of the shape out so that it exposed like from the center it exposed it mm-hmm. the same on either both sides so that it was like a very symmetrical looking yeah uh, dagger uh, spearhead anyway for Zane he chose to work with 5160 on day one on day two he's working on the sockets and then he's grinding and heat treating the blade which goes really well for him, um, and it comes out hard when he quenches it. Cool. On day three, he finishes up the blade and then welds the blade and guard to the socket, and then he realizes after he's welded everything together that the socket is not five inches long. Uh-oh. It's three inches long. Uh-oh. Like It's a big difference. Yeah. So he goes, cuts another piece of pipe that he had used for the original socket, and welds it on and cleans it up. And actually, it doesn't look bad. Okay. It looks pretty good. Cool. And he was able to get it right onto the the handle, no problem. So, good to go. And then that was that, and that was between day three and day four, I guess. Okay. They didn't show anything else for day four for him. So, they go back to the forge, and they are testing. First up, they're doing the wild boar thrust and slash. For Zane, his tip is made to thrust. It has a very good balance, and the edge is very sharp. It will kill. And for Chris, also great thrusting. Mm-hmm. It will kill. Nice. Now, I, the beginning of the test was like Doug was just basically going straight in, and it was coming. Like they're watching it, so he's behind it, and it's coming out the front. It was a really cool shot, and it was surprising just how it didn't look like he was putting that much effort to just yeah. like slide these things into the boar carcass. It was really brutal yeah. how quick it like just went nice. through. So both of them, it was just like sliced right yep. through on those thrusts. It was pretty cool. And then you could see how well the guard worked as a stop. Right. Because Doug's really jamming it in there. And it's hitting that guard almost every time and then coming back out. Mm-hmm. And then the strength test, they brought back. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, never mind. They brought back the air cannon, spear shooter, yeah. and the wall of wood. Oh. And they set it up so that they had a camera view down the shaft of the uh, spear as it's flying out. So it looked really cool. Yeah. It's like just see it shooting out directly in front of you. Nice. And uh, it's surprising how fast those freaking things are moving <laughs> coming out of that air cannon. <laughs> yeah. It's really quick. And uh, for Zane, nothing came apart. His edge was still good afterwards. And for Chris, his went between the boards. So it, it hit between the two mm-hmm. boards went all the way up to the cross guard. All the impact was taken on the yeah. cross guard, but everything was still intact and good. Nice. So it was good to go. For the sharpness test, they had the red coat stab and slash, the red coat stab and slice. And, okay, so they had a dummy with the red coat on. Yeah. On a railway, right? So it's like a, mo- like a little rail thing. And the dummy comes sliding forward and then stops at the end. <laughs> yeah. And then Doug turns around and starts like stabbing it. <laughs> yeah. It's not like right. it's running towards him and he's stabbing yeah. it while it's right. moving. 
It comes all the way up, stops, and then he's like, okay. And okay. I say, what, right. what is the point of having the railway at all? I mean, I guess just for drama, <laughs> but right. it seemed pointless. Yeah. So for Zane, his edges are sharp and it cuts. There is a small roll at the tip, though. Um, for Chris, his was razor sharp with no edge damage. It will cut. So it was pretty even up to that point. Yeah. There was very minimal damage for either of them. And uh, in the end, because Zane took a teeny bit of damage during the sharpness test, he lost and Chris won the episode. Wow. So that was a good episode. I wonder if uh, Chris's hadn't gone through between the boards. You know, if his would have taken a little bit of damage, you know, maybe like Zane's did. You know, it's hard to say, but I, there's no way. How do you yeah. say that it's not tested the same way? I mean, I know it goes mm -hmm. in there, but that's just a result of what can mm -hmm. happen when you shoot at the boards. Mm -hmm. It's tough to say. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, 